0: Welcome to the Olive Tree Podcast channel. Whether you're listening from our beloved Durban, South Africa, or from further away, we trust that you would feel welcome and included in what God is doing in our community, and that you feel inspired by today's message. Good evening and welcome. I, um, I remember the moment M's walked into our, our bedroom and she said, Babe, the scripture for this year, is it comes from Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans of man's heart but it's God's purposes that prevail. And she said those words, and something in my spirit just leapt, and I went, that is the word for us this year. And so I asked her to do that insert. And, and tonight, I'm actually going to preach a message. It's not going to be like normal, off the cuff. And uh, from this week, we, we're going to go back into normal, off the cuff, and we're going to have a panel and stuff next week. But, but this week, I just want to massage this message into you, because I honestly believe that 2021 could be the best year of your life my my prayer for our church is that by the end of 2021 because we've lined up our plans to the purposes of god we would be able to look back on 2021 and go that was the best year of my life in fact because it's it's so hard to get your head around it like your your head kind of does it it starts to trip and there's a reason that our head starts to trip, is because it was the worst, 2021 was the worst false start of year we have ever had. You think about it, um, normally you have New Year's Eve where you get to say, that year is done. I never wanna see that thing again. And like there's this superstitious belief that as the date changes, like there's a refresh button that gets hit and we just get this kiss to go into the next year. But this year, We were in bed at 10 o'clock, like no fireworks, candle. Like, what's that? Just everything was a no here. And then if you're a parent, this doesn't happen to most of the evening service, but if you're the parent, you're like, yeah, my kids are going back to school. Uh." And then if you're a beach person like me, you're like, woo, I'm going to go surfing. Just one thing after the next, just false start. And so the message you get is we're just going to have more of 2020. But here's what I believe. I believe that in 2020, most of us duffed 2020 because we wanted God to get behind our plans and we hadn't settled ourselves into his purposes. And so today, I'm going to preach a message that gets you starting to align yourself. This whole series is going to be about getting you to align yourself to God's purposes so that you can have the best year of your life. So I want you to just say this, because you actually need to tell your brain this. I want you to say, imagine 2021 could be the best year of my life. Just that. Imagine 2021 could be the best year of my life. Imagine 2021 could be the best year of my life. Sometimes you have to trick your brain. You have to speak to it so that your ears hear. Imagine 2021 could be the best year of my life. But it doesn't really feel like that right now. And so I want to take you to a story. In fact, this story, I've got a a tree in my garden that my wife asked me to cut down a number of times. It's like this long, thin, gray tree. This tree, it it looked so dead. It looked like it was done. This, This long, thin, no leaves, nothing tree. And so Ems kept saying to me, babe, that thing's ugly. Please take it out. And I said, no, my babe, that's my hope tree. I said this all the way through 2020, and the rain started to come, nothing happened. August, nothing happened. October, nothing happened. September, nothing happened. November, this thing just sprouted leaves everywhere. It's like its trunk had leaves on. It just was everywhere. It was the hope tree. And Ruth, the book of Ruth that we're going to study tonight, is like a hope story. It's my hope tree. And so I'm going to turn to Ruth chapter 1. And read this story that has probably one of the most tragic beginnings you've ever heard. And it goes like this. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and his two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Mathlon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah and the other a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later both Mathlon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or a husband. If you've had a a tough 2020. This story will speak to you because this is as catastrophic as it can get. This is as traumatic, as painful as you can have. She's lost her husband. She's now a widow. She's lost her sons. She's now isolated. She's stuck in a foreign land. She's got nothing. This is pain intensified. But if you, if you want to understand the story, You have to actually dig into it because it's a prophetic picture of the church in Israel, but but more than that, this story is almost like a fable because as you start to understand some of the words and some of the names, you start to understand God's giving us more than just a picture, more than just a story. There's, There's a whole message in those five verses. You see, it starts off with, in the time of the Judges. Now, if you read the book of Judges, it ends with this verse in Judges 21:25. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. It's kind of like today. Everybody wants to do whatever they want to do. Whatever seems right in their own eyes, that's what they want to do. That's the situation. And in that context, a guy by the name of Elimelech, and Elimelech means my God is king, A guy whose name is, my God is king, leaves Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. And he goes to Moab. Moab means comes from the father. You've got to know a bit of the backstory to understand Moab. So Moab is the result of Lot running away from Sodom and Gomorrah. His wife turned into a pillar of salt. and, And he gets to a cave. His daughters think that the whole world's kind of been wiped out. There's no tinder at the time, so they can't find any boys. So they decide, let's get dad drunk, then we're going to sleep with him, and we're going to have kids. One of the kids is called Moab. Like, you can't make this stuff up. So the story goes on. Moab becomes a nation, and the Moabites continuously try to seduce and attack Israel. They send send a guy by the name of Balaam, he comes to curse Israel, turns into a blessing. Then when when that doesn't work, they decide they're gonna send, not their warriors out to attack Israel, no, no. We're gonna send our daughters and our wives to seduce Israel so they won't kill us. Like Moab is stuffed up. Everything about them is an occultic mess. And God says, don't go. To Moab. Whatever you do, Israelites, don't go there and don't let your wives and your sons, not your wives, your sons and your daughters, don't let them intermarry. But Elimelech, my God is king, leaves the house of bread, the provision of God. He makes a plan and he goes to the place that he's forbidden to go to marry his kids off. To women, they're forbidden to marry, and in the process, he dies. Now, if that was all, it would just be a good story, but, but I want to bring you to why this story matters to you. You see, the story starts in a drought, and here's what happens. Elimelech looks at the rain, it's on lockdown, and so he, he goes, I can't go to restaurants. My pool's empty. There's no sea. I need to move. He makes a logical decision outside of the plan of God, and he moves to Moab. The question I have for you is, where do you go when your environment has stopped feeding you? Where do you go when your If you're in a marriage, your marriage has stopped nurturing you. If you're in a job, if if your job stops stretching you. If if you're in a friendship, if if your friends are no longer available to you. If you're on social media, you're not getting any likes. Where do you go when your life's in a drought? Because 2020 showed us that most of humanity doesn't know where to go. In fact, most of humanity goes to Moab, to dysfunctional places that entrap and slave and kill us. Where, where do you go? Is it to alcohol? You just kind of get caught up in, in drinking, take the edge off. Is it pills? You started the pills because this really bad thing happened, but now you, you're kind of stuck on the pills. Is it porn? Is it endlessly flicking through social media? What is the thing that you're feeding on? What's the thing that you're using to get you through the drought? Where is your Moab? See, when, when I think about Elimelech, I have empathy for him. Because I understand that Elimelech probably didn't go to Moab to live. My gut is Elimelech went to Moab out of respite. He went, I'm going to go there for a couple of years and, and we're going to see through that drought and then I'm going back to Israel. But the problem with Moab is that it's easy to get into, but it's hard to get out of. And so Elimelech goes to Moab and dies in Moab. And I want to say this to you whatever your Moab is, you've got to get out of there. You don't want to die in Moab. You don't want to die with that porn thing. You don't want to die with those pills. You don't want to die in that alcohol thing. You don't want to die in a constant need for social media and for approval of men. You don't want to die with likes driving how you feel. You don't want to die in your Moab. You've got to get out. Because there's a Bethlehem. And Bethlehem is the place of promise. Bethlehem is the place Jesus comes out of. Bethlehem is the place that healing happens, that provision is in Bethlehem. God's forgiveness is in Bethlehem. The healer, the cleanser of lepers, he comes out of Bethlehem. Everything you need for life and godliness is in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the place where I put all my trust and all the pressure on God. Moab is the place where I look to myself to satisfy me. Moab is a place of stress. Moab is a Moab is place of covering up and hiding. Moab is the place where I get to feed myself, and I often get entrapped. You see, the trouble about Moab is that we often go into Moab, but if we stay there long enough, Moab gets into us, and it begins to consume us. But this story, this story, it starts off with a man who makes a logical decision to go to Moab, but it then goes to a woman who makes a completely illogical decision to go to Bethlehem. It's a decision made on, in faith. It's a decision made out of loyalty to Naomi. So I want to read from, from Ruth chapter one, verse 12. It says, it says this, know my daughters return to your parents' homes. Here's, here's the context. Ruth has found out, that rain has come to Bethlehem and it actually says that, that there is bread in the house of bread that God's providing in Bethlehem. And so Ruth decides, I want to go back. And she says to her daughters-in-law, I'm going back. And they say, we're coming. So they begin this journey out of town. And then she realizes this is impossible for these girls. So she says, no, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I'm too old to marry again. And even if it were possible and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? You need to understand the context. The context is this, is that in order to keep the family name, you would have a kinsman redeemer. You would have someone who would come alongside to continue the name. So they would wait for another son. That was the the context. And she's going, don't do that. No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you. Because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again they wept together. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. Then come these words. That more songs have been written about, more wedding vows have been done than probably any other scripture in the entire Bible. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. The weightiness of what she says doesn't come in where she's going too. It comes from what she's leaving behind. She's leaving all of her support. She's leaving her her family. She's leaving the culture she knows. She's going to an environment that's actually hostile to foreigners. She's going into an environment where people, they they don't treat non-Israelites well. This is such a faith step. It's so opposite to Limelech that God looks at this and God is drawn to it like a magnet. Ruth makes a decision out of loyalty to a depressed, hopeless woman who's got nothing going for her and out of a decision to trust, put all her trust in God. And God goes, I love this girl. See, when you set your heart on Bethlehem, when you set your heart onto God's provision, God's purposes for my life, God's plan, God's joy, God's love, God's peace, God's got a, he's got this whole thing. So when you set your heart towards that, you draw God to you. Ruth, she goes to Bethlehem. When she gets there, she decides she needs some work. And so what she does is she starts to glean in the fields of a farmer. The way it worked back in those days is if you were poor, you would go to a farm and the biblical principle was that the farmer would leave the outsides of the harvest for the poor to harvest. And this way the poor would get to do some work and they would get food. And so Ruth goes to a farm and it just so happens. I, I love it when the Bible says, and it just so happens. It just so happens that the owner of the farm is a guy by the name of Boaz who is both generous and godly. And it just so happens that Boaz is a close relative to Elimelech, which means that he is a kinsman redeemer. Kin means family. Redeemer means restorer of the family. So he's a restorer of the family. He's close enough to be able to give Ruth, a child, to continue Elimelech's line. He, he's able to buy the farm, restore everything, and pass it on as though Elimelech's line had continued. The kinsman redeemer. He's close enough to be a kinsman redeemer. But there are two problems. The one problem is that nobody wants to be married to a Moabite. No one will touch her with a barge pole. The second problem is that there's one guy who's closer to Elimelech than him. So Boaz says to Ruth, I'm going to go to that guy and I'm going to ask him if he wants to be your kinsman redeemer. And he goes and he asks him, do you want to be the kinsman redeemer? And the guy says, I'd love the land, but I don't want to be married to a Moabite. He actually says these words, she will mar my family. And so he goes, not for me. But it just so happens that Boaz... I want want to read a text. It's in Ruth 4 verse 18. It says this. This is the genealogical record of the ancestors Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Minadab. Minadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Salmon. If you've... uh, Read your Bible, and, and you know about Jericho. Joshua takes Israel to attack Jericho. There's a, a woman there. Her name's Rahab. She's a spy. And, I mean, she's a prostitute, and she allows the spies from Israel to come stay in her home. She hides them and releases them. But before they go, she says, when you attack and your God gives Jericho to, to you, protect me. And they come, they destroy Jericho. But there's a guy by the name of Salmon who takes Rahab and marries her. And Salmon has a son from Rahab called Boaz. It just so happens that Boaz is the man she's working in the field of who's a kinsman redeemer whose mom was a Canaanite prostitute and understands how God can work all things for good through any person. And Boaz takes Ruth into his family. He buys the farm. He sets her up and she has a child. And it says this, Boaz and Ruth was the father of Obed and Obed was the father of Jesse and Jesse was the father of David. And David was in the lineage of Jesus. See, Ruth sets her heart for Bethlehem. And God provides food and a farm and a family. He provides purpose and legacy. God restores all things through Ruth to that family. I want to say this to you you have one who is better than Boaz. If you're in Jesus, if you're in Christ, if you believe in Jesus, you don't have a guy who can buy you out of your problems. You have a guy who died for your problems. You don't have a guy who can... Help you with the farm. You have a guy who owns the cattle on a thousand hills who owns the planet. You have one who will give everything for you. You have the one who has joy itself. You you have the one who has purpose itself. He has a plan, he has hope for you. And if you haven't asked him into your life, why don't you right now just say, Jesus, I want the greater Boaz. I don't want to set my heart towards Moab. I know that Moab might fill me for a moment, but I know that you will fill me for life. I want your plan for my life. I'm going to give up on my plans. I'm going to give up on asking you, God, to bless my plans. I'm going to set my heart towards your purposes. Put me into your spiritual family. Put me into your legacy. Put my heart into your purposes and drive and direct my life. I'm coming to Bethlehem. If you prayed that prayer, why don't you put it in the chat? We'd love to connect with you and pray with you. But here's the thing. Over the next few weeks, we're going to explore what it means to move out of the plans of man into the purposes of God. And uh, I believe that if you... Come with us on this journey over the next five weeks. If you give yourself to moving yourself out of the plans of man and what makes sense and and the Moab of life, and you put your heart towards Bethlehem, I believe that you'll be able to say at the end of 2021, this was the best year of my life. So join us next week. We would love to see you as we continue on Take Two. I I hope this has been a blessing to you. It's been wonderful being with you. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to find out more information about Olive Tree Church, please visit our website at otc.org.za or email info at otc.org.za. We hope you have an amazing week.